Welcome back to the Revamped Spotlight. This is a uh, fun show we had a long time ago. It was our second fun show that hasn't been around for a long time, but we're bringing it back to highlight and spotlight different groups, organizations, things that are making an impact in the first community. For our first episode here, we have John Kentfeld, the uh, co-founder and president of the Rainbow STEM Alliance on to talk more about how their organization is impacting first what they're looking to have for future impacts and how you can get involved as well too to make sure that FIRST and other organizations are an inclusive environment as well as joining up with the Rainbow STEM Alliance. And if your group is making a great positive impact in the FIRST community, reach out to us admin at firstupdatesnow.com to come on the spotlight to tell your story. You can also reach out to us on Discord at discord.gg slash firstupdatesnow or any social media channel under at firstupdatesnow. Your destination for FIRST content, updates, and gaming. Welcome to the fun. First Updates Now is supported by Stryker Careers. If you're a college student or recent graduate looking for an incredible internship, take a look at Stryker. Stryker provides a housing stipend, great pay, and an opportunity to work with state-of-the-art medical technology equipment. Discover why so many FIRST alumni are coming to Stryker for their internship or career at careers.stryker.com. First Updates Now is supported by the Milwaukee School of Engineering. MSOE offers week-long summer camps where high school students get to preview college by living on campus, exploring engineering programs, experimenting in labs, meeting with professors, and participating in fun group activities. Are you ready to experience STEM at MSOE? Visit msoe.edu summer to learn more and register. And for our first episode of Spotlight, we welcome on John Kentfield, who's the president and co-founder of the Rainbow STEM Alliance. John, thanks so much for uh, coming on and talk to us more about RSA. Thank you for having me. So uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, Rainbow STEM Alliance, uh, what it is, how did it get started, and, and what's your mission? Sure. Uh, so the Rainbow STEM Alliance is a 501c3 uh, not-for-profit. We were founded to support LGBTQ youth uh, who are um, actively engaging in STEM, uh, specifically competitive STEM programs, uh, places like FIRST or VAX, RECF, um, things like that. Uh, so that's where our primary focus is, is to really work with those, those students as much as possible. Um, we were founded in 2018. Uh, as you can see, my co-founders at the top there are uh, Brian Baylor and Tom Wexler. Um, and so the three of us got together and formed uh, the RSA to, to really support the LGBTQ of FIRST students specifically at FIRST. Uh, but we also knew that we wanted to get into other programs and support LGBTQ youth throughout the K through 12 competitive STEM sphere. So, um, so that's something I wanted to ask and there's that, so we've, we've talked, uh, we had a, an episode with uh, members of LGBTQ plus the first uh, a few months yeah. ago as well. So, uh, so the main differentiator is that that's specifically for first, um, and that tends to be students if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then rainbow STEM alliances is really meant for, uh, potentially all STEM programs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the great things about the RSA is we are not, focused primarily on LGBTQ at first. Um, we definitely support them. They are a student organization, so we help provide some guidance on occasion. Uh, but for the most part, we try and stay fairly hands off from how they run uh, all of their things. But we do provide them uh, with resources and financial assistance and support, kind of like a booster club sure. in a way. 
um, where we we do the LGBTQ plus of first pins every year to, to be given away at events. Um, and we provide them with, uh, this year we had stickers at championship. Uh, in the past, we've also provided them with um, some pamphlets and things like that to hand out. Uh, so, so we kind of, we do a lot to support them specifically, um, but we do want to get into other programs as well. So, John, what are maybe some other programs that the Rainbow STEM Alliance is, is looking at uh, having impact in as well, too, outside of FIRST? So, on top of FIRST, uh, we're looking to try and uh, help support LGBTQ youth in programs like VEX through the RACF. Sure. Um, and we're also looking at things like the National Science Fair or the Best Robotics Program. Um, we know there are a lot more avenues to support LGBTQ youth uh, who are in grades K through 12 beyond just first. So we definitely want to, to make more connections there and kind of figure out how we can assist those students in those locations too. So from a, from a resource standpoint on there, like I, I know there's the, the visual part of supplying, you know, the pins and the ribbons, that sort of thing. Uh, from a resource and support standpoint, how does Rainbow STEM Alliance uh, impact uh, those in the community? Um, so, like you said, we do the, the pronoun pins, uh, we do pronoun, or in the past we've done pronoun ribbons, uh, we do the LGBTQ first pins, um, but we also make sure that those are available at events for free, uh, completely sure. no charge, um, so that's kind of one of our biggest things. On top of that, we also have a scholarship available, uh, two scholarships actually, for $500 a piece to support any uh, first uh, senior or alum who is looking to get into STEM. Uh, we are not limiting it to LGBTQ plus members. We definitely want to include allies and other community members as well. Um, and the big thing for us is just seeing how these, these students are impacting their community and spreading STEM. So, how can, uh, how can somebody apply for that scholarship if they're interested? Uh, so, it has passed for this current year. Sure. Uh, the application deadline was May 31st. Um, but in the future, uh, it's always going to be up on the first scholarship portal. Um, and all of the information is there for that. Uh, and then we, we give out two $500 scholarships every year. So even if you are an alum of a either First Tech Challenge or the first robotics competition, we encourage you to apply. Uh, we, we did get a few alumni who are a few alums, um, not necessarily alumni, who applied this year. So it's pretty exciting to, to see that. Uh, changing gear just a little bit, something I want to ask you is you've talked about like the what you're trying to do within the programs, within like FIRST and RACF, right? What is maybe something organizations like FIRST and, and RACF or, or, or VEX in this standpoint do to make their programs more welcoming? Like what changes would, would you like to see these programs make uh, that would make it an inclusive, welcoming environment? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do. Um, and we've worked with FIRST headquarters quite a bit to help them over the last five years or so uh, become more inclusive. Um, things like uh, this year, first the championship provided pronoun pin, or mm -hmm. pronoun ribbons for the, the name badges uh, so that we didn't have to do that. Um, there are also ways that they can do that where they can incorporate it into the, the name badging system for all events. Um, it can be added 
to to places like uh, Sims and Vims and and the first dashboard system where they can opt in to put their pronouns if someone chooses. Um, and so we're working with them to try and increase those kinds of opportunities and make it easier for especially trans and non-binary uh, members of our community to change their name or at least make sure that their preferred name is being used in more and more locations wherever possible. Yeah, I know that was a topic at championships that I got brought up was with the, with the name badges of doing that. Have you seen improvement from that happen at least from first? Uh, it is definitely a place uh, that there's still room for improvement. Sure. There's no denying that. Um, there were a few examples where there were some students who unfortunately had an issue at, at Worlds with getting their, their uh, name badges changed to their preferred names. Um, but we are, like I said, we are still working with them. They've been extremely receptive about making these changes. And a lot of it's just, there's a lot on the back end that they have to work through to make sure that it happens in a manner that still complies with things like YPP. Ultimately, this is a student organization and ensuring that our students are safe is, is a priority. So let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors for this show. First Updates Now is supported by Stryker Careers. If you're a college student or recent graduate looking for an incredible internship, take a look at Stryker. Stryker provides a housing stipend, great pay, and an opportunity to work with state-of-the-art medical technology equipment. Discover why so many first alumni are coming to Stryker for their internship or career at careers.stryker.com. First Updates Now is supported by the Milwaukee School of Engineering. MSOE offers week-long summer camps where high school students get to preview college by living on campus, exploring engineering programs, experimenting in labs, meeting with professors, and participating in fun group activities. Are you ready to experience STEM at MSOE? Visit msoe.edu summer to learn more and register. Um, and how about from like uh, from the general public or, or more specifically members of uh, like FIRST or VEX or RECF? What is something that uh, or maybe a few things that some of us can do to either help be good allies uh, in uh, the community, to be welcoming, to provide an inclusive environment? What would you like to see? Um, there's a lot of simple things like uh, just if you start a team meeting, like if you're a team leader, um, start your team meetings with an introduction of yourself with your pronouns um at making it uh so that pronoun usage is a more common thing will make it easier especially for trans and non-binary students um for instance i identify as a cisgender man which means i identify as a man i was assigned ma uh, male gender at birth um so for me, using he, him pronouns is what I've always done and what I've always used, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there are members who uh, use they, them as their pronouns or may have transitioned and want to use, uh, use she, her. Um, and just making sure that you're using the proper pronouns for your students is really life-saving. Um, because it, it shows the students that you value them as individuals and who they are as a person. Um, and so just kind of ensuring that you're using the proper names that they want to be uh, recognized as, uh, that their pronouns are recognized properly. Um, and 
a lot of it has to do with with how team leaders lead their teams you lead by example mm -hmm. your students will follow suit um and i've i mean honestly i've seen a lot of really really amazing students come through the program over the past few years that have actually led their mentors to changing and realizing that they need to make the changes so listen to your students they know themselves better than than you may think that they do or that you think you do so i think that's a really uh great piece of advice because you know as, as somebody i don't I, i've always tried to like think like is that a generational gap is it like because somebody like you know i'm in my mid-30s right and somebody mm -hmm. from my age you know we we grew up with just you know he him she her sort of thing like that and it, it's difficult i think to train yourself to try to uh, to, to not, you know, I think many of us want to be open about, about things and want to be inclusive, but to even position yourself to continually think like, Hey, I mean, even in the beginning of this, like I didn't start saying I'm he, him or anything like that is difficult for somebody like me. So is it just a practicing or is there anything else that can be, uh, you know, can be done or any tips to, to try to get us to, you know, pr promote this type of environment? It's, it's repetition. It's practice. It's the same way you learn any language to begin with, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it is hard. I'm not saying it's easy to do. Uh, I get that it's hard. I have friends that have transitioned. I have family that identifies as non-binary. Um, there are times that I still screw up and I do my best to not, but the big thing is you recognize that you, you screwed up, you apologize and you continue to get work on it and get better. Um, and that ultimately is, is a very large thing for, for these students is the fact that you recognize that, yes, this is something that is something that I need to work on, something that I need to fix, not an issue with you as your student and your identity. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it is hard. Um, I, I often slip up and do not use they, them uh, to identify one of, one of my relatives um because i grew up with them not identifying as non-binary and so that part is hard um but the biggest thing is is recognizing that you're making the mistake and that you're learning and you're trying um and one of the things because a lot of people come back with the oh well i i don't use they them singularly but i always Whenever someone, whenever someone mentions that to me, and I'm trying to explain how you can use they, them singularly, one of the things that I, I like to mention is, say you're talking about someone else who you only know by like a, a name that can be fairly gender neutral, like a Chris, where sure. it could be short for Christopher or Christine or something like that. You only know that of that, that person is Chris you don't know what their gender is to begin with right if if you're just having a conversation with another friend and they mention their friend chris you will refer to chris as they them naturally so people are used to using they them as a singular they're just not used to thinking about an individual that they recognize as an individual with they them pronouns and so i've never thought about that that's really interesting yeah. 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 And it's, it's one of the things that I picked up over the last like two years or so. And I bring up to people that, that do mention that. And it's not just people our age in our mid thirties or, or older, uh, even younger people still have the same question. And it's, it's one of those things where when you think about it, you're like, 
oh yeah, I do do that because mm -hmm. that's how I was trained. And then you get people that are, are saying, well, the English language doesn't use it that way. And it, this is a new generational neo thing, whatever. But then you look at, at historical authors like Shakespeare who used to say them as a gender neutral pronoun back when, when he was writing. Sure. So there are historical examples of it being used that way. It's just a lot of people don't think to recognize it as much. I, I think, so. you know, just going back, I think the hardest thing, if I look at myself personally on things, I, I think the hardest thing for me is the part of going up to somebody and saying, Hey, my name's Tyler. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, can I ask you, like, do you just say, can I ask yours or like, what's a good way to like ice break that way? Or do you just so, not say anything at all? There's a couple of different options there. Um, and, and this is something that I need to get better at myself is introducing myself with my pronouns because again, it's one of those, we grew up not doing that. Yeah. So well, I, I just don't know that if that's is, a Midwest thing, if it's a U.S. thing, if it's a global thing, like, you know, you know, for, for me that like a lot of, that's just not the way a lot of people speak around here and, and trying to yeah. open myself up to, to have a much larger view than what is my little tight, tight net community thing. Uh, it's difficult, but it needs to be done. Yeah, and, and a lot of it can be done in, in such a way where you do it as an opening statement if you're in front of a group or sure. something like that. That's a great place to do it. Um, adding it to things like an email signature. Uh, oh, or I like that. Um, yeah, so you'll notice um, my email for both RSA and um, I'm fortunate enough to work for Andy Mark. My email at Andy Mark also has my pronouns. I, I did notice that, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's little things like that. And I, I am also lucky enough to be able to teach at a, a local college here in Indiana. And um, I've added it to that signature as well. And so when I start syllabus day, that's one of the things that I've started to incorporate into my slide deck is my name is John Kentfield. Uh, I use he, him, or he, him pronouns. And please just call me John. Uh, I don't like the formality of professor or Mr. <laughs> Kentfield or anything like that. Yeah. Like to me, that's just not who I am. But well, what so, you just said was very natural there, right? It, it, it yeah. wasn't like you like made it like, my name's John. I go by he, him or anything like that. It's like you just worked it into your sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's the big thing is incorporating it into our everyday speech patterns helps to normalize it and helps even if a student may not be out or openly identifying as non-binary or genderqueer or trans or something like that. For me, especially as a gay man, when I was growing up, hearing little bits of inclusion is literally life-saving. Like my teammates, when I was in high school on, on FRC 173, yeah. I credit with saving my life. Um, they didn't know it then, but they were inclusive and they they were accepting and this was back in the early 2000s so it, little things like that over time snowball and help make the culture change that we want to see in the world a couple last things i want to wrap up with uh first off uh you are running an off-season event uh coming up in uh, yes. august i'd love to hear a little bit more about that in michigan yeah, so I am fortunate enough uh, to have gotten involved with a great group in Michigan. Uh, we are running an off-season called the Rainbow Rumble. Um, Love it. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's going to be August 5th through 7th. 
Um, and we know we're going up against a pretty awesome event at WV Rocks. Um, but we, we definitely want uh, to get a lot more teams uh, to come up. Uh, it's going to be in Mason, Michigan. Um, and if you are a partner team of LGBTQ First and watching this, uh, the RSA has um, offered to sponsor uh, the first six partner teams registration fees. Awesome. So yeah, that's that's one of the cool things that that we want to do as an uh, as the RSA is sponsor um, and help out to to make sure that our partner teams can come up and compete there. So. Well, looking for you and I were talking a little bit ahead of time. I, I believe I'll be going to WBRO Expo on the way back. I'd love to stop by uh, the event as well, too. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. So make sure you uh, check that out. Uh, I know there's a post up on uh, Chief Delphi, but always, what's the website they can go to? Uh, RambleRumble.org. Uh, super easy. So. Excellent. Uh, last thing I want to wrap up with uh, as well, too, is a, uh, you know, a topic that is uh, – about a month ago, but it's still something I think is important to cover uh, as well, too, is that first announced that they're going to be continuing uh, single championships in Houston, Texas uh, for the next couple of years. And, and they give a little bit of context, uh, at least from what's been reverberating in the community, is that uh, Texas in, in general has not been a very welcoming environment and in many cases a hostile environment with some uh, some of their, uh, I'm not a scholar by any means, but some what seem to be laws for things as well, too. So I'd love to just hear uh, – Rainbow Sim Alliance and your reaction to uh, them doing that and anything that you'd like to see either kept or changed from that. Yeah. Um, so like, like you mentioned, there is uh, some executive order and directives uh, from the government in Texas. Um, and they uh, hurt our trans community. Uh, there, there is no getting around that. Um, in terms of uh, first continuing the championship in Houston as a not-for-profit, I understand the financial impact and burden that, that is associated with trying to change it. Um, and so while we may not like the fact that it is gonna continue in Houston for the next couple of years, um, we definitely wanna work with FIRST to understand the impact that that's having on our community. And hopefully they can work towards uh, towards either changing the venue or something else in the future. Um, but at the same point, we do understand that there is a very large financial impact and as a not-for-profit, uh, they have to tread lightly with what they can and can't say, uh, or else they start risking violating their, their not-for-profit status. Um, and they, they did also recently put out on, on one of their Facebook posts about Pride Month um, a response to the community, uh, which is something that a lot of community members have been waiting for since since March, when when the the executive directives came through from from Texas. Um, but in terms of RSA, we I mean we recognize the fact that we may not be able to change first opinion on on keeping it in Houston for the next couple of years. Um, but we want to do everything that we can to protect our students and make them feel safe and welcome. Um, but also, we want to be able to do more for the students who aren't just going for championship. There are trans and non-binary kids who need this gender-affirming care that they, they're at risk of not receiving at this point, and they live there they live there day in day out they don't get to to come down for a week and leave 
And so while we're not trying to make light of the community's concern or anything like that, we recognize that there are a lot more things that we can actively do to help support the students that live there all year round, not just the ones that are coming down for champs. And that's kind of where we want to focus our, our priority in terms of the whole situation over the next couple of years is trying to, to really focus on states like Texas um, or even Indiana, where I am, uh, has recently overridden a governor's veto on uh, trans athletes and sports. And so there are a lot of states, a lot of places that are enacting these laws. Um, there's a law that almost passed in New Hampshire, where FIRST is located, uh, that was an anti-trans law. So these laws are, are being enacted in more and more locations. Um, and so we have a lot more work to do to really support the community as a whole, but specifically in these, these locations where these students are being directly affected. So... I appreciate that response, John. And uh, John, if somebody would like to get more involved with the Rainbow Stem Alliance, where can they go uh, for that and how can they best get involved? Yeah, so uh, the RainbowStemAlliance.org is our website. Um, and uh, we have a Facebook and a Twitter, Instagram, all that. Uh, all of those are at STEM Rainbow. Um, and if they want to get more involved, please reach out. Uh, our membership link is, is on the website as well. Um, we definitely, over the next year, our board has agreed that we want to do more to engage our membership, uh, get more feedback, get more input, um, figure out ways that we as a community can grow and do more to help support our kids. Uh, and if they're interested in getting any of these really cool pins that you guys have, uh, where can they go for that as well? Yeah, so uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I am lucky enough to be able to work for Andy Mark. Uh, and as such, we, as the RSA, have partnered with Andy Mark to sell the LGBTQ first lapel pin as a fundraiser for the RSA, uh, but also our pronoun pins, um, which we have, uh, currently we have he, him, she, her, they, them, or ask me about my pronouns. Um, one of the cool things, we've actually gotten a lot of feedback over the last year and a half or so, two years now, I guess, since we really introduced these. Um, and that community members want things like he, they, uh, oh, sure. because there are, there are people who do, don't necessarily always feel aligned with uh, binary pronouns like he or they. Sometimes they move between them or she or they, things like that. Um, so those, we are looking at uh, introducing those over the next year, as well as a, a couple of new partnerships. So. Well, John Kenfield, president and co-founder of Rainbow STEM Alliance, thanks a lot for taking the time to tell us more about uh, the Rainbow STEM Alliance. And, of course, if you're interested, make sure you check out their website and their social media. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks to Stryker Careers for their support in this video. Stryker's commitment to medical device technology innovation has made it a top career destination for those in FIRST. FIRST alumni and mentors are given top priority in their internship and career applications. Come create the next medical innovation that saves lives at careers.stryker.com. First Updates Now is supported by the Milwaukee School of Engineering. MSOE offers week-long summer camps where high school students get to preview college by living on campus, exploring engineering programs, experimenting in labs, meeting with professors, and participating in fun group activities. Are you ready to experience STEM at MSOE? Visit msoe.edu summer to learn more and register. 
don't forget to like, subscribe, and ring the bell to stay up to date on our new videos. Keep the conversation going and provide your input to our content. Watch our live shows at twitch.tv forward slash first updates now. Join our Discord at discord.gg forward slash first updates now and check out Fun FTC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and First Updates Now on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.